Today on Voices, football. No, not the one you kick with your foot to start a game. Well, you do technically kick it with your foot to start the game. But I'm talking about the round ball, the one that Americans call soccer. I'm a huge fan of the English Premier League, and I love the international game. And now it's league time. With the curtain officially raised, with the Community Shield completed, Premier League matches start soon. Joining me today are Andrew and Billy, two passionate EPL supporters, and they're going to offer valuable opinions about what's going to happen this year. Let's go. All right, so today on the, uh, the podcast, Voices, I have two of my best friends out here in the world who talk football with me. Uh, we're going to predict the Premier League season that's coming up. I have uh, Billy here. Billy is a Liverpool fan, but I will let him introduce himself in a moment. And uh, Andrew is a Chelsea fan, and I will allow him to introduce himself in a moment. And then there's me, Lewis. I am a Manchester City fan. I've been a Manchester City fan since 2002, so it was before the money for all the people who like to make fun of Manchester City. And um, any, anything you want to introduce yourself with, guys, you can. It can be long. It can be short. Whatever you want. So I'm going to let uh, Billy, you go first. Uh, my name is Billy Howell. Uh... I am a Liverpool fan, champions of Europe. Very happy about that. Um, I'm also the head coach of East Lincoln High School's men's soccer team. Cool, cool. And Andrew? Uh, my name is Andrew Eves. I've been a Chelsea fan since as long as I can remember. Um, well back before the money came in. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Abramovich. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, this last year's Premier League season was absolutely bonkers. I, I am uh, – always positively but cautiously optimistic about Manchester City because we have those city seasons where we win one. We, then we're like, ah, okay, but we finished top four and then we win again. Uh, but last year was an amazing, amazing season. Liverpool had a great year. I'm not a Liverpool fan at all. That's probably the only great positive thing I'm going to say about them. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, I, I was surprised about some of the uh, results. So um, for you guys, what do you think uh, – and what was your evaluation of last season? Andrew, I'll let you go first because yours is a little bit of a different uh, level than where Billy finished. I mean, Chelsea's, I mean, it is uh, probably as good as I could expect last year. Um, finished in the Champions League spot, which is always number one priority. Got a trophy, even if it's runners up to, uh, you know, a real trophy. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, it's still something to take home at the end of the day. Um, I mean, in regards to, like, the, the finishing the top two, I mean, that's about as good as you could, a race you could expect. Um, City just edged out. Of course, I think they're going to do it again this year. But Cool. Fair enough. And Billy? It was a good success, I would say. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It was a breakup thing. My apologies. All right. So, cool, cool. And, Billy, go ahead. Well, I was happy with the af more with the what happened after the Premier League season, uh, obviously with uh, raising the trophy at the end in Madrid. But it was just a I mean that season last year was insane. Liverpool loses one game all season, and that's not enough to win the league. And I know a lot of people probably a lot of Liverpool fans were disappointed, but I mean, in reality, I feel like there was nothing else they could have done. And I mean, you just got to give it up to city for what they did. Hopefully we can find, hopefully I can find a way to 
overcome that this year. But, I mean, there were some other teams. I mean, Manchester United, they get Ollie at the wheel, and everything's going great. And then they just come crashing down at the end. And I don't think any of us on here had a problem with that. <laughs> no, but, I mean, well, sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah, I mean, forgot to add that Chelsea, the only reason Chelsea finished third last year was because the other three in the top six just fell apart. <laughs> But sometimes that's what that's all it takes. I mean, you, I mean, I I've coached for a while, and there's been times where I'm I'm more than happy to see somebody lose because <laughs> and at the end of the day that'll help us. But unfortunately, Manchester City was not the team that did that last season. And I thought there was a there was a time during the season where Liverpool had a chance to take over, and then they had a few draws, a couple bumps in the road. And City's just a juggernaut, and they didn't let anything get in their way. And like I said, at the end of the season, just got to tip your hat to what they did. You know what? What's interesting is that if Liver, if City had not done what they did, they would have had the second highest, I think, or second or third highest point accumulation for a, a season outside of what City did when they had a hundred the previous year. So it was amazing. Uh, to to go through that, and especially like City is just like the final day people, man. Like they did it with United, they did it with Liverpool before, and they did it with Liverpool again. So you know, uh, even as a City fan, I, I will say there was a disappointment a little bit because if you, as a City fan, if you ask City if they could have won the Champions League instead of the league, they would have taken the Champions League, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not disappointed with how our season ended. So. But the, I think the craziest thing I saw was the one game Liverpool lost was to City. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you're happy I mentioned that. But um, the, I think the thing I saw was had they tied that game and had Liverpool tied their final game, they could have had a whole season where they, they went undefeated, and I, and I think they still could have finished second in the league. That is correct. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean – what do you do about that? <laughs> it's hard to argue with 97 points. I mean, that should win you the league every single year. Not, so. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> well, um, I, I, it, it's interesting because obviously now you have to think about, well, what do you do in the next year? How do you retool? So uh, the next topic is transfer. So are there any transfers that stood out to for your team, specifically Chelsea, Liverpool, or anybody in the top six that you see where it may help the teams improve for their next year? And what's your, your feeling and your sort of a summation of the preseason tour that is basically coming to a close this week? Uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first. Uh, additions that are going to help. I think it's more about subtractions that are really going to hurt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's hard to talk about transfers without talking about Hazard leaving. I mean, there's no one that can replace him. Um, I think a lot of fans have a lot of hope in Pulisic, who's a great player. Fit, he'll fit in well. Uh, I'm worried that they're going to not temper their expectations and expect him to be Hazard right off the bat. Uh, I think this year we kind of – We'll see what transfers with Chelsea. It's mostly about what's going out. A little man with Kovic, it's coming in, but just to stay, it's it's about building with the youth. Um, they're going to have a lot of youth, a lot of growing pains. Uh, even with Lampard at the wheel, with the preseason tour, you can see they're very offensive 
very good attacking, but they can't keep the ball out of their own net, no matter who they're playing. I mean, they, they played Reading the other day, 4-3. It was about what I expect this season. It's going to be a lot of goals, a lot of sloppy defense, a lot of youth growing pain. Billy? Well, we didn't add a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I think we've had two transfers all year, uh, Vandenberg and Harvey Elliott, and those are not exactly names that you're looking at and thinking legends off the top of your head. <laughs> for us, for us, it's kind of more of subtraction as well. I mean, Sturridge is gone. Moreno, who didn't do a ton in the last year or two, but been a guy in the past. I think one of the things that's going to be interesting to watch for Liverpool this year is the return of Oxlade Chamberlain. Yes. Yeah. Two years ago, two years ago, I thought he was a focal point of this team. And then he goes down with that knee injury, misses almost the entire season last year. And I'm just interested in seeing how he returns and just seeing if he's back to form. There's Brewster as well, who missed pretty much all of the season as well. So there's, there's just some guys returning that I think are going to be more important than necessarily what we have coming in, which again, is not much. It's not the Allisons of last year. It's not anybody like that. So I don't – I'm not sure what to think necessarily, whether, you know, not adding anybody – not adding a whole lot of people is a good thing because they're confident in what they have or if that's going to be a bad thing because everybody's going to kind of start figuring things out against Liverpool. Well, here. And I think it's just going to be kind of a wait-and-see thing with them. I have a question for you. Do you think they stack up better or worse against City with City's additions? If I'm being honest right now, I I know City loses a couple guys. They lose company, which I mean, in reality, he it was his time to go, I believe. But I think I don't know if they got much better this off season. And I mean, looking at some of the results they've had in the preseason, I mean, they haven't really won anything in the preseason. But to be fair, they haven't had Saga Mane. They haven't had Allison. They've been in their African Cup of Nations or uh, Copa America. I I just don't know right now if they've improved enough to overcome City. Uh, an interesting stat that I have because I I you, you do research when you have conversations with people. So uh, a first thing is about money spent in the Premier League. So right now, number one during this uh, the summer transfer uh, window is Aston Villa. Number two is Leicester. Number three is Manchester City. Four is Tottenham, which I actually was shocked to see. Five is West Ham. And all the way to deal with you guys specifically, number 19 is Liverpool, who spent $1.6 million. And number nine is Chelsea <laughs> at 49.7, which I think that's just like the entire uh, Christian Pulisic transfer anyways. So they really didn't add anything. No. It's, it's like, the, like the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I mean – well, we have a transfer ban blooming real quick, and uh, you know, financial fair play is going to catch up with us. So, I can understand why we're not in the jump, especially with uh, everyone knowing we have hazard money. But I was really surprised that Liverpool wasn't going to seek out just an additional piece. And I don't know if their squad players are quite there to city level. So, 
I, I agree with that. And just to give you a, uh, a, a cap of what they did so far this preseason, City won three, uh, lost zero, and drew one. And it was to Wolves, which Wolves is going to be a point of mine later on. Liverpool was one zero, and they lost, mm. uh, they lost three, and they drew one. Chelsea won three, lost one, and drew one. Spurs won two. They won two because they won the, uh, a cup yesterday, the Audi Cup. And there's jokes about them finally getting the cup. But anyways, <laughs> Arsenal won three. <laughs> And Man United won four, and Wolves, because they're going to be a point for me later, won two. So there's your preseason, but I looked at the other ones, and the preseasons aren't terribly indicative. But for Liverpool, it's pretty serious because they won three, drew one, and lost one last year, and they had a good year. And this year is the opposite, so it's kind of worrying in a sense for them. Like I said, that's why I didn't want to discuss what the preseason record was. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So actually, um, Andrew alluded to it a little bit in um, in his comments. So I wanted to go to him first for the. What do you think about the hiring of Frank Lampard at Chelsea and the pending transfer ban? Like, what do you think? What effect do you think that's going to have on Chelsea this year? So honestly, I think it's going to be a bit of a rough year. Um, I think. Frank's coming in with uh, not a hole under his belt. Um, I mean, I have full faith, but it's going to take time. I do think it was kind of done to appease the fans. The fans got on sorry real quick. They got on Mourinho real quick. They got on Conte quick. Uh, they've, if they're not winning trophies year in, year out, there's um, some serious pressure. With Lampard, I think they're going to try to temper that expectation of a, like a trophy every single year, and the fans will give him a bit of time because he is a legend. Um, I think this year is going to be a bit tough, especially with no transfer coming in. Um, a lot of youth. Uh, the experience that we have is all old now with Willian, Pedro, David Luiz. They're getting all in the, you know, long in the tooth in the 30s. So I think this will be a bit rough year. I do think Frank's gonna put a very attacking mindset of team on the pitch but i think their their poor d is gonna show quickly ah, and billy you got anything for chelsea before I, I bring your team up well i think i think their biggest thing is when they're gonna have to learn how to play without hazard and i think pulisic is kind of a he may be a band-aid, but I don't think he's the absolute solution. What I was kind of want to know is, I, mean, I know you mentioned Conte and Mourinho, and, along with Lampard. Who do you think? Who do you think would be the best guy to be in charge of Chelsea? Is it, is it the guy that is it Lampard now, or is it one of those guys in the past, or is there somebody out there that you think could be a better option? With the current team, how it stands, honestly, I think Mourinho would probably be the best fit. Um, because he can make the team at least work from the back end out. You score your one goal and you just survive. Park that bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Conte was also pretty decent at that. Like, all right, let's attack. For, like, you know, show up the defense and get it up. Uh, sorry, I don't think honestly was the answer. I think they did. It was a last ditch effort to keep trying to keep Hazard with them. Unfortunately, it didn't mm-hmm. work out. Um, sorry, I don't think was necessarily going to work in England anyways. He never adapted to the game in England. He kept trying to play, you know, the same tactical Italian style of football and never changed through the entire season. Never changed the squad, never changed the starters or the, like, positioning. It worked out only because everyone else failed. Um, I don't think there's anyone that can replace Hazard within the current team, even, like, you know, 
Hudson Adoy and stuff like that. Yeah, they're going to be good, but I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. They're going to have to figure out how to play without Hazard, and going to a diamond shape of the midfield might help that. So I think that team overly relied on Hazard to come deep and then drive the ball forward. So at least they'll have a little bit more movement in the midfield, but I, I still think it's going to be a struggle. Cool. So we're moving on to Liverpool. Because of the results <laughs> that they had in the preseason and the fact that they haven't really spent any money, my question is for you, Billy, is do you think there's going to be a Champions League uh, hangover on them? That is actually my biggest concern with this team. Uh, I know they play early on. I think they play City early on in um, Community Shield. I think they play Chelsea in the Super Cup for UEFA. So hopefully the, those games early on will knock that off. But I feel like they're still kind of in celebration mode. Like I said, some of these guys have been in their tournaments for a while, like Mane I mean, and Allison. I just worry about early on in the season how the team chemistry is going to be since they haven't had that time in the preseason to play together. And my hope is that they find a way to take care of things early because if they don't, I'm not sure you're going to have enough time to catch up. Because I don't, I don't see City having a whole lot of weaknesses. I obviously there's some other teams. I mean Spurs, if they figure themselves out, I don't think they're terrible. I mean I think they're pretty, they're good. Obviously they got to the Champions League final. And then I mean you have the slip ups. I mean there always seems to be one team kind of mid table that kind of just surprises us every year. Last year, Everton twice. I mean the first time we played and we had that crazy finish with uh, the header that after the ball bounced off the off the crossbar about three times. And then the second time, they couldn't score on them. So I worry about that slip up somewhere in the middle of the season. But just because of what they've had going on in the last couple of months and the fact that everybody's been gone, I, I have a worry, especially at the beginning of the year. That's fair enough, and uh, I appreciate that Everton game. I remember when the comeback for City was on on the break. It was we were looking at Everton like, "Hey, do what you need to do," and then they did, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah." But <laughs> but moving to to the next topic, this is a huge, huge deal. Uh, if you follow any social media, you'll see that this was something that people talked about Liverpool, who were not Liverpool fans, uh, as an issue that kind of helped them that wouldn't help them this year var so var will be in full play for the entire season this year in the premier league and i saw i read a stat that uh said i think it was through bt sport it said in the, the effect of var was in the 2014 world cup there were 13 penalties in the 2018 world cup with var there were 29 penalties an increase of 123 percent so that means realistically they probably will have an effect to changes i don't know about a hundred percent change but well, uh, what do you think the effects of VAR will uh, have on the season in general uh, for the, the, the teams? Uh, Billy, I'll let you go first, then Andrew. From what, I, from what I saw last year, it's like everybody is wanting it last year instead of waiting a year because admittedly I think there were times where it, not having it probably did help our mighty Liverpool. But as a coach – I want to see. I want to see the right call made. Uh, we had games last year in our season for the high school team where VAR would have been fantastic, <laughs> but unfortunately we don't have it. But you just—I mean—you got to play the game the way it's 
the way it's set up and if they have the VAR, I, I feel like it's going to lead to situations where it could change how you defend in the box. It could change just how you set up. And I just think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams adapt. Cool. Andrew? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's going to change how you defend in the box more than anything. I think the top teams are going to see more beneficial results in VAR um, in terms of grabs, clutches, things like that in terms of restrictive play. Now you have to also like rule out that all the, you know, some of the top end players do tend to fall over over their own legs a lot to get penalties. (laughs) So I I do think it's going to, it's going to benefit the people that can spend a bit of money on the offense um, because they'll be a little bit freer. They'll be able to move in the box without having to worry about being grabbed, being clutched, Um, you know, extra legs thrown in here and there. I, I honestly, it's at the end of the day, you want the right call made. That's all you want. Every team wants that. Regardless if it goes against you, you still want the right call made. Absolutely. So it moves on to another change. Uh, well, I'm going to move on to another change in the game that I think is significant. It's happened all across Europe, and this is the first year that they're going to do it in the Premier League, the winter break. So in February, they're supposed to have about a 10-day window, a rest window for the teams. And the, the, uh, the, the, the words that are out there is maybe it'll affect momentum, maybe it'll be good. Uh, Andrew, what do you think is the the result that will have what, what result they will have for having a winter break in the Premier League? I mean, when you add it into February, I don't think it's as much because it was always about the December break that was the you know the rough part or the December like period for uh, the EPL like December into January is always really rough. Uh, adding into February, I think it'll be. It'll be what it is. I think it'll just act like another international break. I don't know if it really affect much, honestly. All right, fair enough. Billy? Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same. It'd be more like an international break. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be terribly significant. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, the players, a lot of the players will probably be happy because I'm sure February in England is not exactly great. But It's a lot nicer than the at that time. Say what? It's a lot nicer than a visa at that time. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I don't. I don't think it's going to have a great impact. I think. I mean, I think it really just a, comes down to how how players and how teams use that break. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I thought about was how it affects the Champions League because that's when you actually get to the knockout stage, um, the knockout games. So I felt like that it was too far back to actually be beneficial because teams might lose consistency, and the fact that England three years ago was uh, on the edge of losing one of their Champions League spots to last year where they had an all-English final, I think that might have a detrimental effect on um, their their Champions League runs. What do you think about that, uh, Billy? I didn't really think about that much. I was thinking more within the league itself, but um, when when exactly is the date in February? Is it toward the end of the month? Yes. Or is it more toward the No, it's towards okay. the end. Well, that does Okay, that does have an impact then. Uh, again, I, I still think overall, though, I mean, you could you could look at it as a detriment, but I think, I mean, you're in the middle of the season. It's almost like the, the all-star break in basketball. I mean, it's the middle of the season. It's a chance to rest. It's a chance to recover. So, I, again, I think it's just how the teams use the break. If they just want to – if they just want to rest, I mean, they could come back rusty, but if, if they want to just kind of get a little bit of work in – I think it's something that 
that can really be beneficial. Andrew? Uh, I think I think it's about right. I mean, I, with it being later on in February, uh, I think it's it's honestly more geared to resting the players. Um, not necessarily like you can have a few-day holiday, but it's it's like, all right, rest all those niggling injuries that could be, you know, coming back up. Um, I mean, your first leg is uh, early February, right? So your second leg's mid-March, uh, that giant window. Right. So it gives you a chance to rest up some players and maybe get them back to full health that second leg. So I think it actually might be beneficial in the Champions League. That's fair enough. So um, the next thing, and this, I, I actually like Jurgen Klopp a whole lot. Um, I'm not a great, a big fan that he's the, the Liverpool manager, but I do like him as a manager. I like the way, the style of football he plays. Uh, every now and then he says annoying things, but I like his energy in general. But he said, <laughs> he said something that was interesting recently. Uh, and I don't know if the context was incorrect or not, but he made a comment about team spending money. And I, I found it interesting because a lot of people kind of saw him as hypocritical for saying it. But he said something along the lines of Liverpool can't spend money like uh, similar to teams like Chelsea and City and PSG. And he basically was naming the European Giants, which I was confused because Liverpool is a European giant. So I felt like he kind of was making an excuse for whatever may happen in the year. But what do you think, Billy, is the, the rationale behind him making comments like that? I think part of it, and I think it's kind of what's happened the last few years, you've had these guys like the Coutinho's, the Suarez's, they get to a point to where I think a couple of years ago, Liverpool wasn't seen as that destination where the top teams want to go to. I think they're starting to turn the corner on that. Obviously, the one of the owners – of Liverpool is the owner of the Red Sox. And I'm sure he says the same thing here. I mean, I know they spend a ton of money on the Red Sox, but they're not the New York Yankees. So that so they're a little behind. I think I think what the Liverpool has to do though, obviously there's gonna be a couple guys they spend big money on most of the years. This year it looks like an exception. But I think They've, they've shown that if they can get the youth program going, if they can get the proper scouting, there are other ways to win besides just spending loads of money. They did that. They brought in guys a few years ago, like Balotelli. That was a train wreck. Uh, I just think there's different ways to win the game. I, I, Again, I think it's kind of going back. I think they're still dealing with the hangover. I think maybe there is a little bit of they're just trying to find an excuse. But – I do think that they're getting to a point to where they can start spending money, but they're not quite there yet. All right. And Andrew, I mean, you also can bring in a Chelsea perspective because, you know, Chelsea's seen as the, uh, the Russian oligarch money. So you probably have a perspective as well. Uh, in terms of Liverpool, uh, I think the end of the day was Americans, when they purchase sports teams, they expect to make a profit on the sports team while when Russian oligarchs get involved, they don't care if they piss away their money. It's uh, it's a thing to own for them. It's a status symbol. It's a chance to one-up their friend. I mean, look at most American sports. They uh, All the owners guarantee they make money every single year. That's not the same for European football. Um, That's true. That's true. So, next topic. I, I, I agree. Okay, go ahead. 
Yeah, I, I agree with him because, I mean, you think with the American owners, one of them being the Glazers with Manchester United. And, I mean, they've got Ed Woodward who's been in there and barely spending anything or just spending just enough to appease everybody. You look at uh, Arsenal. I believe they're owned by Kroenke, the guy who owns the Rams. Yep. And uh, he just spent – he just had billions on a stadium, moved the team out of St. Louis. And the reason that – and one of the big reasons he moved to L.A. is that profit. So I think I think Andrew hit the nail on the head with that. Awesome. So the next topic I'm going to go to is something that I read uh, earlier in the week. Uh, BT Sport did the script. They had a computer model predict the season. And they had some interesting predictions that I want to share with you. And I want to get your feedback on the predictions. And then we'll move into what you actually have predicted for the next year. So BT uh, predicts that City would win the league again and that Chelsea would uh, – um, uh, would actually be on top at Christmas. They think Chelsea would be the top team at Christmas and Manchester City would win for the season. They predict that uh, Mo Salah would win the golden boot and they predicted Real Madrid to win the Champions League, which <laughs> I'll, I'll have a comment later. And they predict, <laughs> they predict Tottenham Hotspurs to win Europa League versus Manchester United. So I'll let you, whoever wants to go on this one, go first. Go. Uh, I'll. Uh, all right. So Tottenham winning the Europa League. I just, I don't see that. Come on, they don't win silverware. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just, it's not. Uh, I see them getting to the finals, but they cannot beat top six teams. It just doesn't happen. You look at their track record; they're just always garbage at it. So I think they're going to fail out. I think. Honestly, I think United's going to win. Uh, I think City is going to win the league. I do not see Chelsea the top at Christmas. I don't. We have a rough start to the season. Fair enough. And the golden boot, you think Salah will win his – I think this will be his third consecutive golden boot if he wins this year. <sighs> I think he's going to be in the race. I think Kane might also be in the race. Um I guarantee no one in Chelsea is going to be in the race. Not even close. <laughs> and and uh, Billy, what do you think about those predictions? The Real Madrid one, just, I, I, just, I just don't see that. I, I actually think, I don't know if we're doing the predictions for this right now in the Champions League. If, if there's ever a year, I feel like this could be the year we get the Ronaldo versus Messi. I mean, Barcelona seems to be building up. Um, Juventus, I know they just signed a, defend, a 19-year-old defender that they think could be something like the next Pirlo. I feel like this could be the year because, I mean, Serie A is probably going to be a cakewalk. And so the Champions League, I think, is going to be where Juventus has their focus. In terms of the Premier League, I mean, I don't, I don't have Chelsea as the team leading at Christmas. I mean, I – it wouldn't shock me if City just runs the table all the way through this year. Uh, golden Boot, I could see Salah. I I wouldn't be surprised if Aguero's in that conversation. He's what five, six seasons in a row where he scored at least twenty. That is correct. <laughs> five. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the conversation for that. Harry Kane, he could be. Um, I actually think that Spurs might be a little better with him off the field. And I think Andrew said it. I don't see them winning Europa. Um, 
I think Spurs pretty much uses paper plates at the when they're eating because they don't have any silverware at all. <laughs> so I, I don't have I don't really have a any idea who I think could win the Europa League this year. It's always kind of a mixed bag of teams, but I think. I, I could see Barca versus Ju- Juventus in the final of the Champions League. I can definitely agree with that. Uh, it seems like a very fitting end. It, it does. I think I I want City to be in there so badly, but in the same breath, <laughs> uh, I can see Cristiano, Messi, they finally get it, and then they can start their de- proper decline into just being names instead of being sort of the, the forces they once were on the field. But cool, all right. And, uh, I mean, if, if you all want to look at that, if you go to btsport.com forward slash the script, you can see they actually – it's um, a, a, a quote-unquote living model. So as results come in, they adjust, the uh, computer makes the adjustments to make the continue and make predictions through the season. I thought it was a pretty uh, interesting thing, especially the Chelsea being on top at Christmas because that assumes a whole lot of stuff that's happening. And I, I wasn't really prepared for that. But, hey, you know, it no, is what it is. It's not even close to that. Okay, so uh, uh, on to specifically uh, uh, one topic before the uh, actual predictions. Uh, the, the, the FIFA men's top t- shortlist top 10 came out, and uh, there were, I think, two, two or three Liverpool guys on there. Hazard was on there, obviously, because he did have a good season at Chelsea. But the thing that stood out to me, and I'm a little bit of homer, but I, I did research. Andrew and I text back and forth a little bit about it. Is there's zero Manchester City players on the list. Zero. And I mean, I won't spew out stats, but obviously there were City players with stats that should have been on the list or, in my opinion, should have been in the top 10, but weren't. So what's your opinion of uh, how they make those top 10 lists? You don't have to be on the City side for this, but how they make the top 10 lists. And um, are, are they really uh, really just sort of uh, fa- um, media push instead of performance push? Because, for example, Allison from uh, Liverpool is not on the list and he won the golden gloves for at least three major competitions. So uh, Billy, I'll let you go first. I I was going to say, I think a lot of it is a popularity contest. I mean, the Allison thing may be an exception, but I mean, you've got a team like city who dominates and controls everything during the season and to not have somebody on that list, I think is, it's pretty sad, but yeah, I, I just, I'm not big on lists, especially at this time of year, because I think that, I mean, so many things are going to change. But it's just, it's just one of those things I'm not a big fan of, list in general. Okay, Andrew? So their list, it is a, it is a popularity contest. It's, it's big names. Um, it was, I was surprised not to see someone like Aguero on there, Mane, stuff like that. Um, surprised more than, like, straight up shocked uh it's at the end of the day they like to put bigger name clubs on there um as man city is a club that spends they don't have a giant fan base liverpool even though they don't spend has a giant fan base so i'm not shocked to see a lot of their players on the list that's fair enough that's fair enough so to the predictions because i think this part is really cool so i'm going to ask you to predict uh the top six for the season and also, I'm going to ask you to predict the three teams that get relegated. And if you can, predict the League Cup, the FA Cup, and if you want, the Champions League final, and who you think will win the player of the season. So I'm just going to give you my player of the season just to tell you the direction I'm going to go. But my player of the season is going to be Kevin De Bruyne. 
because the man was out last year. He was clearly a Ballon d'Or guy the year before, and he didn't forget how to play football. I think he's going to come back hungry, and I think he's going to have a monster season this year. But, uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first, and then Billy. Uh, top six. I'm going City somewhere in the, the mid to high 90s. I think Liverpool will be in the high 80s. I see. I think you see a high drop-off. I think Spurs are going to finish third. It pains me to say that. Uh, and then I see this is probably the homer coming. Chelsea, low 70s. Fifth, I'm putting Wolves. And I think Man U's going to be sixth. I think Arsenal in the Europa League is going to screw them. I don't think they're good enough anyways. I think they're really going to suffer. Bottom three, I think Sheffield's going right back down. Same with uh, same with the Canaries. I think Brighton Hope Albion is going to go down as well. All right. Player of the season, I think it's going to be Van Dyke. And you wanted uh, or the cups. Yeah. The cups. I think the League Cup's actually going to go to Spurs. I think they're winning the first. They're winning their first trophy. <laughs> no one else cares about it. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think Man U is probably going to come down with the FA. All right, cool, cool, fair enough. Thank you, sir. And did you have a Champions League prediction or no? Uh, I think it's going to be U of A winning. I don't know if Bars is going to make it. I thought Man City was, but I can also see Bars in there as well. Ah, yeah, fair enough, Billy. Yeah, I see City winning the league again. And I mean, I am a realist. I'm not just a homer most of the time. So otherwise, I'd just go ahead and say Liverpool is going to win it all. But I do think City's going to win this thing. I think they'll, I think they'll win by. I don't, it's not going to be as close this year. I don't think. I think it'd be about seven to eight point difference between the two. Uh, but I do have Liverpool a second, and then from third to about sixth or seventh is just a jumble. It wouldn't – I'll be honest. I will give – I think Chelsea could possibly finish third. But I think third through sixth or seventh is going to be separated by six points. So, I'll, I'll say Chelsea third. I'll go Spurs fourth. Um, United fifth. I'll put Wolves, Wolves and Arsenal tying at sixth, and maybe Wolves gets the goal differential. Um, a bottom three, Sheffield, for sure. Um, I probably I'd say Norwich. They're they're just gonna drop again. No, not not them. Actually, uh, Brighton. I'm gonna have Brighton drop this year. Uh, they they barely survived last season. I don't think they're gonna make it through. And a team that I I think is struggling. I think they're gonna hurt this year because they have completely screwed up their coaching situation. I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle drops out. Fair enough. Um, player of the year, I had Van Dyke was actually kind of my first thought as well. I think he just does so much in the back, and I think toward especially the second half of the season, people started to recognize that. I think for Liverpool to have the success that they hoped for, he is going to have to be the man back there. And which else? what else were you looking for? The Cups? Yeah, the Cups and Champions League. Uh, well, Champions League, I have, again, Juventus versus Barcelona. I, 
I'm going to lean Barcelona in that game. I think they went, they may go to PKs and dear Lord, if we have a PK shootout involving Ronaldo. <laughs> VAR will be if called. One of them, if one time. of them misses, I think the debate is settled forever. So, but um, FA Cup, I, City will probably win that. And then in uh Carabao, whatever you call the thing now, the, the nobody cares cup. Um, I'll go United. All right, fair they'll, enough. They'll, fair they'll, enough. They'll, they'll win something just to make themselves happy, and nobody will really care. So and just Spurs a- lose. That's I like predictions. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly from from my top six, I have City one, Liverpool two, I have Spurs third, and I think Pochettino leaves this year. Uh, I have Wolves as fourth. I think Wolves breaks into the top four because they were very impressive last year. I have Chelsea as fifth, Arsenal as sixth. My three out, I have Sheffield um, out. I have Newcastle out because their owner and the situation they have is garbage. And I have Southampton because they should have been regulated at least twice in the last five years. So that was a, that was a team I was thinking of as well, either them or Brighton. And, and, yeah. And then so my player this season, obviously De Bruyne. I think Van Dyke is the best defender maybe in the world. He's an amazing player. But I still have uh, Kevin De Bruyne as the player of the year. It's a comeback thing. So I think he'll be front of mind a lot more. He also has no, uh, you know, other Belgians better than him in the EPL. So, <laughs> I, hey, <laughs> I won't argue. Hazard is a world class player. I, I, I don't. I think Hazard is better than Kevin De Bruyne. But I think it's an attitude thing. I also think Hazard can be lazy at times, and that's why he's not like in the same level or talked about the same level as Ronaldo and Messi because he take. I feel like sometimes he takes games off. But I think he's he's top three in the world if he wanted to be. Um. Uh, for the Carabao Cup or the League Cup, I have Spurs winning as well. I think they do win a trophy, and I think Pochettino does leave because he gets that and he gets disappointed for the rest of the year. I have, <laughs> I have Liverpool winning the FA Cup because of the pressure that will come from Champions League because I think they do go out in the knockout stages, but I don't think they go as far as they should have gone. I think they're going to get shocked somewhere, and I think that's why there will be a push for the, um, the FA Cup. And um, the Champions League, I, I personally have Barcelona versus City because I actually would love to see Barcelona play versus City. Pep versus uh, um, Messi, I think that would be amazing. Uh, I would prefer a Juve-Barcelona semifinal if we can get that, even though I know the Magic people in uh, uh, FIFA won't let that. They wanted a final. But that's where I think. You're not saying it's fixed, are you? Never, never fixed. Never <laughs> fixed, never fixed. But, uh, yeah, and so I, I actually um, – those are my predictions uh, for the year. I, I, I'm pretty close to what you guys have. Uh, but as a City fan, because I haven't talked much about City, but as a City fan, I really, really want a, a Champions League, man. I, I, I just want that. Like, I just, <laughs> that's what I want, man. No one's going to – what Andrew said was so valid. No one's really going to take City seriously until they win the Champions League. Even, even if they, people say, oh, well, they bought the trophy. Yeah, that's fine. But Chelsea also won Champions League, and no one can take that from them. And at that Champions League final, uh, Andrew, you, you may agree with this. They shouldn't have beat Bayern in that game. They, they were outplayed no, the whole game. No. But Drogba was a monster. <laughs> we had like, – we were missing four players, three to, like, you know, suspension. You know, we had the youth squad basically out there with a few ringers. It worked out. I'm happy. It was a celebration. Still one of the greatest nights of the life. Oh, no, it was an amazing. It was an amazing, amazing night. It, 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 I don't think it will top 93-20 Aguero with a bunch of O's, 
But Drogba's header to close out was absolutely amazing. Then for Drogba and Czech to have amazing uh, shootouts, even though I, I Billy put it in my mind that uh, Ronaldo, Messi, uh, PKs, that would be amazing. I want that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I still, I mean, the corner kick last year, the Origi goal at the end, uh, I mean, uh, that was – I about fell over off my. I about fell off my couch when that happened. Watching that game, I had no expectations of you know even having a chance in that one, being down three nil already. And then when that happened, I mean it was. I am not a fan of many good teams, <laughs> and so I was not used to. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Hornets fan. I'm a Jets fan. I um, it's a satellite. <laughs> that was a moment of greatness, and I didn't know how to react to it. It sounds like you should be a Spurs fan, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I can only live with certain misery. <laughs> only one's guaranteed, and that's Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's correct. <laughs> well, who who do you think is your surprise team of the season uh, in the Premier League? Well, I don't think Wolves are because we all said the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this, I I think Wolves are honestly great. I. They're scary good. They play well from the back. They don't concede. And every time you play them, you know it's like uh, if we come out with a draw, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. Uh, other than that, you both don't like Southampton. They beat Chelsea every year, so I'm always not surprised by them. I think, I think Palace may be in for a shock again at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Villa might exceed expectations and stay up at a decently high margin somewhere in the mid-table. All right. And Billy? I don't know if there's going to be a great shock in the league this year. Um, I'm kind of, I am interested in seeing how Villa does. I know you, you said they spent a ton of money this offseason. And so I'm kind of interested in seeing how those, play, how those guys work out. Um, Southampton, I mean – in the last several years, they've sort of been like the farm team for Liverpool. <laughs> so, I I don't know what they have left this year. Apparently not much because Liverpool hasn't really picked up anybody from them. <laughs> but I, I do want to see how Villa does. I mean, I, I remember last time how it, how it ended. I mean, they just – I mean, their poor goalkeeper just – is like he just wanted to quit, I think, by the end of that season. So – I believe that was a Brad Guzan as well. It so was, another great yeah. American moment, a great American moment in soccer history. <laughs> but, um, I, I just want to see how they do. And a team like West Ham, can they ever kind of overcome being just that kind of middle-of-the-road team? Can they kind of compete with some of the other teams in London? I, I doubt it, but it be interesting to see if once in a while they step up. Pellegrini's my guy, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them too. So, a real quick thing, uh, because I I mentioned that Manchester, I gave you the spending. Manchester United was number six on that list. They uh, spent $74 What's your opinion? This is the the last topic before I give you guys a a chance to close out. Uh, It's it's expected that Manchester United is about to bring in three players, uh, spend somewhere around £250 million. Uh, Do you think that will help Manchester United catapult themselves to where – the, the 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 historic team is supposed to be quote unquote 
Oh, Andrew, sorry. Uh, who, on, like, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think they're three te- or three players away from a, from a dominant team. I don't see any – they have so many weak points that I don't see any, like, three players coming in and changing the dynamic of the team. The team already has a bad attitude, has a bad feel. You ne- When they go on the pitch, you never expect them to be able to score – that goal that you need in the 80th minute. You're, it's not going to happen. It's just like, ah, we're going to lose again. Or we're going to, like, I don't see any amount of money they can spend right now to overhaul the team. I think it's, they have to rebuild from the core out. I think it's going to take a couple of seasons, buy a few players each season, but they, they're going to have to work from that, you know, here's our backbone, all the way from goalie out. We're going to work it out. All right, and Billy? Uh, I just – I don't think that they're there yet. I think I, – again, I think they do have to build. I think just bringing these guys in, they have no co- no cohesion. I think they're going to struggle. Uh, they'll fight for, like I said, that little middle of the – that third through seven is going to just be – it's going to be interesting just to see who – if anybody can move up. But – I just think they're going to rush everything. I mean, they might not have these guys in by the first game, the way they're going. And I just don't think they're going to be able to rec- – I think they're going to start slow this year. I don't think they're going to be able to recover. And as long as they – I mean, if they still have the Phil Joneses of the world players, anybody like that on their team, it doesn't really matter who they put in front of them. They're going to have their moments where everybody's going to be happy and then they're going to lose six straight like they did at the last <laughs> season. Um, I'm. I personally would not mind seeing them be miserable because last year, prior for the first time ever in my life, I had to cheer for United in a game when they played City, and <laughs> as they've done many times in my life, I was disappointed after a Manchester United game. Except this time, I wanted them to win. So I, I don't mind. I don't mind their failure. Absolutely fair enough. Now I, I just we we talked about the normal teams in the top six. So here's my total thing for Arsenal. Arsenal, that's it. Don't, don't have anything else to say, period. <laughs> we talk more about Wolves than <laughs> Arsenal, and that's my respect level for Arsenal, so I'll leave it there. Again, so, they're finishing outside of Europe this year. Yes, happen. yes, they are. Yes, they are. So, uh, gentlemen, I thank you so much for the conversation. Hopefully we can jump in here at another point in the season so we can uh, revisit what we thought and where we think is going forward. So are there anything... Is there anything you want to leave listeners with uh, about you, your team, or anything? Like, uh, if you want, I'll let you guys have the final word. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first. Uh, If you're a Chelsea fan, have faith. This year is going to be a struggle. It'll be good in the long run. Our youth is good. We just have to give them time and not jump on them right away. Uh, Other than that, it's it's going to be a fun year watching watching City and Liverpool duke it out for that top spot. Cool. Thank you, sir. And Billy? Well, on the Liverpool side, I hope everybody just appreciates what happened last year. It's not something, obviously, that happens every year with Liverpool. So I hope that everybody understands how good that season was, even though didn't end up with the Premier League title. Still got the Champions League. So I hope everybody can understand how big of a deal that is. Aside from that, for my own team, um, 
I'm hoping we can get a state championship this year on the soccer side for high school. So it'll be, we have our own little Man City and Liverpool matchup in, in our conference where two great teams go at it. And hopefully, hopefully the good side comes out on top this year. Fair enough. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. And I will obviously be talking to both of you again. So with that, uh, goodbye. Bye. Good luck, Billy. <laughs> thank you.